Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Friday, April 8, 2022. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. What's up with you guys? Huh? What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm watching YouTube videos of Jake Zyrus singing songs. <laughs> yeah, I was curious because, you know, Jake Zyrus, uh, I don't know if we're even supposed to say Jake Zyrus' former name, but you guys know Jake Zyrus, right? So I was curious. Like, I haven't heard Jake Zyrus after... Jake Zyrus became Jake Zyrus. Like I would listen to Pyramid and whatever uh, when when it was still that name. The other day. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it right. <laughs> Will I get canceled? But I've been looking Jake Zyrus videos and there's one video that I keep watching on replay because it's so good. His performance is so good. It was on GGV and it was actually, I didn't even know. It was three years ago when uh, he performed this. Uh, his rendition of Bakit Nga Ba Mahal Kita. So good. Anyway, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Chilling here with the doggies. The, the, they're on the balcony right now. I had a great evening last night. So I've already shared on Halo Halo show and on here as well about how much I love Cheech and Chang, but I've never tried their, their gin room. There's a gin room literally right next to it. It's owned by the same people. So it's, it's a side little bar thingy there next to Cheech and Chang. So it's called Lotus Gin Room. So I went to Cheech and Chang to celebrate Nikki's birthday. So Nikki is uh, my former coworker at RX. And she uh, she turned 30, dirty 30. It was just me, her, and my other former coworker, Cicino. It was a great time, man. We had some bows. I had the, I, I have to say, the beef brisket bows and the char pork bows or char shoe uh, bows. Ah, heavenly. And then I got to try their gin. There are different kinds of gin. So I got two drinks, actually, courtesy of, of Nikki and Chino. The first one was like an apple something. I forgot what it was called. Apple of my eye. It's good. And the second one, I got a a lemon-infused gin thing called the Bee's Knees. Also very good. We stayed until... We got there around 10. I got there around 9.30, actually. We left around 1, 1.30 in the morning. Just chatting it up. It was such a fun time, man. So shout out to Cheech and Chang. Go greet Nikki. Happy birthday. Anything new? Uh, later on in, in about an hour, actually, I have a an online audition for some project it's a project it's like a podcast project for a brand i'm not gonna say it because i don't know if we're allowed to talk about it but i have an audition but i looked at the email and there's like 12 of us in that zoom call so i really have no idea what's gonna happen so wish me luck (laughs) i'm up against 12 people maybe they'll get multiple a few of us maybe so maybe it's not one v one versus 11 it's more like one versus you know seven or whatever so I have that going on. I've been uploading more on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, shameless plug. It's me, JC, same as my Instagram. Anything new this week that I want to talk about? So I've been doing voiceovers lately. Uh, and and they're, the voiceovers are for channels that are like super random. But I have one channel. It's an Elon Musk channel. So I've learned so much about Elon Musk in the last month. And did you guys know that he he's like the biggest share owner of Twitter now? He bought like X amount of Twitter shares, which made him the majority shareholder in Twitter. Simply because he didn't like 
Twitter's policies and whatever. So he bought it so he could have a say. What a beast. <laughs> what is his net worth, man? What is Elon Musk's net worth? Let's see. It's like $300 billion or something. $290 billion, friends. The, you know, when I, I remember doing this, uh, my teacher before in high school, his name was Mr. Olafson. He, he taught history, U.S. history, but we were talking about money. I forgot why in class. And he said, and it, it always sticks to me to this day that you literally cannot spend one billion dollars. It's like, it's impossible to spend a billion dollars. Like it is physically, not physically, is it physically? Whatever. It's financially impossible to do it. Barring, you know, you don't buy, uh, you know, like warships and spaceships and shit. I'm talking about everyday spending where you're living, even like if you buy luxury cars and whatever. If you, if you don't buy an absurd amount, like let's say you buy like a thousand or ten thousand Lexus or whatever, right? Or ten thousand Ferraris. I don't even know why I use Lexus. But it is really, it's impossible to spend. Like, think about it. It's crazy. And I've heard stories actually recently of, of people who I, they don't, we don't know their net worth. So I have a story. I, I met up with someone last week who told me a story of how they got a, a hosting gig, right? A hosting gig. And they, this hosting gig, they flew them out to Japan, paid for the hotel paid for all their expenses, paid for their trip to Disneyland. And this is on top of the hosting fee, which was pretty big, right? And here's the kicker. So before the actual hosting, before they flew out to Japan, they actually went to the condo of that person who, who was financing the, who was getting married and financing the hosting and the trip. They met in their condo somewhere, I think, in like BGC, somewhere rich. And they told me the story that they went up to a floor and they own that whole floor. But here's the thing. That whole floor in this bougie building was just for their staff. Yung mga katulong nila, their help. So they had a whole floor dedicated to their help. And on that floor, down, there was like a line of all these designer bags, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's because, and that, you know, that's billionaire money. And, and I think, I mean, people, like, I, you know, these, they, and they seem like really cool people, like these rich people, because they, they were really kind to, to my friend and his, uh, his family. But the fact that they're buying all these luxury bags and whatever, it, it's because they can. And also, like, it doesn't matter. They can buy whatever they want and they know they won't run out of money. That is some billionaire fuck you money. Oh my God. Can you just imagine? Like, they live in a different stratosphere. It's a different world altogether. When you're in that tax bracket, you cannot, you cannot do any, like, you can't, wait, sorry, you can do anything you want and not think about it. That's the best kind of, uh, financial stability. So I, I like the feeling of, so for example, for me, how I feel like I'm more comfortable in my money situation is when I go to a restaurant, I just look at what I want to order. I don't look at the price. I think I've said this before. But if you can go to a restaurant and you can just look at whatever you want and then order and not maybe, I mean, you'll look at the price later, but you're not worried about it. So I can only do that in certain places. So let's say a, a more upscale place, right? That's a popular one, Wildflower. So when I go to Wildflower, 
I know I can afford it. I, I could probably afford anything on that menu, even if it's the most expensive thing, which I probably wouldn't order anyway. But, but then there are certain restaurants where I cannot do that, but millionaires can, billionaires can. And then, the, and especially when you're in the billionaire bracket, you are going to places that have 10,000, like thousand dollar appetizers. I'm sure there's such a thing. I, you know what? Let's let's make that the episode today. Most expensive restaurants. Let's try the Philippines. Let's just talk about in the Philippines. The Shang Palace. Never been there. Easily, the Shang Palace is the most expensive a la carte restaurant in the Philippines, located in Makati, Shangri-La. This is from a TripAdvisor review, so I don't know how legit this is. Let's take a look at their menu. Shang Palace menu. All right, let's take a look at their menu and their wines. Temporarily closed. View our a la carte menu. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay, any guesses? I get? Oh, it's not that expensive, maybe. The appetizer cold dishes are ranged from 300 to 448. Oh, that's not so bad. But then you scroll down to the barbecued and marinated dishes. I don't know what H means and I don't know what W means. I'm guessing H is like a single order. W is for like... Bigger order, old order. Their crispy roasted suckling pig. Their H order is 4,688. Their W order is 8,888. This is not as expensive as I thought it would be. Uh, here, their sea cucumber with ginger and scallion is 3,388 pesos. That is, that is crazy. That's a salad, bro. <laughs> Here, they're wok fried scallops with broccoli in XO sauce. 1,888 pesos. This is not as expensive as I thought it would be. Like, I was thinking it would be like 4K. Oh, so maybe, I mean, it's expensive, right? Don't get me wrong. But not as, not as bad as I thought it would be. Maybe I have to Google what else. What is what the most expensive? Here, the most expensive food in Manila, according to Esquire magazine from 2019. There's a burger from, and I don't know if any of these places are still open because pandemic, right? The burger from Luso's Demi Pound Burger. Where is that? 1,050 pesos for a burger. Jesus Christ. From steak, uh, steak, Finestra's Omi Wagyu comes out to 18,500. See, that's more like it. That's what I'm talking about. 18,500. Oh, did I tell you guys I had omakase before at a, uh, at, Mecha Uma, that shit was expensive. See, that's what I'm talking about. If you can go to Mecha Uma and order omakase and not even think twice about what your bill is, that is that is a level of wealth that you are you are so blessed in life. <laughs> uh, what is this? Chinese East Ocean Palace's Ultra Premium Laureate. How much is this bitch? This is eight thousand per head. Okay. See, that's one time. Anyway, you guys can look this up. Uh, Google it. Esquire Mag, most expensive food in Manila. If you want to look up the list. Here, there's this Japanese uh, sushi looking. It's not sushi. It's like a, it looks like a rice bowl. Eight, oh no, 5,500 pesos with 500 grams of otoro, negitoro, uni, ikura, and dignity. <laughs> uh, lechon, Richmond's ultimate lechon of Pepita's Kitchen is 15,000 500 pesos. Well, color me, color me pink. So yeah, that, that's the, that's just the craziest shit ever. How about the world though? So this is local. Most expensive 
food in the world. Let's just do like the top three. The most expensive food in the world, 13 costly food items. Wait. No, no. Most expensive. Let's do most expensive restaurant in the world. In the world. Sublimotion. For years, Sublimotion has been named the most expensive restaurant in the world at nearly $2,000 per person. $2,000, that is 100,000 pesos. Tama? I think so. 100K per head. It is in Ibiza, Spain. What do you get with that price? Dining there will be unlike anything you've ever experienced. Yeah, obviously, I'll be poor after. Uh, a, f- a futuristic, innovative, immersive, and exclusive experience. What does that mean? The atmosphere of the room will change over the course of the night, ensuring that the appropriate mood is set for each bite. What? Hold on, I gotta Google this place. Search Google for subliminal motion. I'm going to look up a video real quick. Uh, I'm just going to skim through it. Oh. Oh, so it's like a, there's like screens all over the room. And there's like a floor director behind the scenes directing the images on like while you're eating. That is fucking crazy, huh? Damn. Sublimotion. motion. Shit, that seems like a life goal to go there. Jesus. Even $2,000 isn't like, I mean, that's, that's a lot, but it's not like the worst thing you could spend. Oh, I, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Billionaires don't give a fuck. They could eat there every day for the rest of their life. So yeah, yeah, just talking about, just talking about like money is crazy. So I've been like also watching, I was watching one video from one YouTuber, Charm de Leon. She, she was, she was talking about how, how to make money on YouTube. I gotta start YouTube. She made, she made like a million pesos last year off of YouTube ad revenues and shit. Fuck, man. Gotta get on that. Uh, anything else? So yeah, I talked about, I talked about, uh, Chichen Chang. Did I watch anything good or new this week? Uh, oh, before we do that, I forgot. I have an advertiser. So take your vitamins. Listen up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, I've been re-watching some old episodes of Black Mirror. So what did I re-watch? I re-watched Nosedive. I re-watched the Miley Cyrus one. Ashley O or whatever. Ashley 2. I forgot what it's called. And... The one with the guy from About Time, see Domhnall Gleeson. That one was actually that one's actually I really like that one as well. But yeah, you guys remember that one? So watch that one, the one with Domhnall Gleeson. It's it's like season three. Dom 
Now Gleason Black Mirror. So that you can search. It's on Netflix. Be Right Back. It's called Be Right Back. So the premise of that one, without spoiling too much, is uh, it's a couple. And then the guy dies in some sort of car accident. But then his memories are kept alive. Like there's an AI or whatever that develops based on everything that he's posted online. And also all his emails and whatever. And it got me thinking. Like all the shit that I've posted online, what kind would I be the same person if like they curated or they collated rather every single piece of information about me that I have ever posted online, good and bad, whatever pictures and everything into an AI, would it be able to replicate who I was or who I am, you know, saying if I were to die? The so is my online persona indicative and accurate and whatever in line with who i am as a real in real life makes you wonder it's a really good episode and then they had they add this little aspect of having this ai being put in a organic person's body that looks like them are you still the same person yeah right makes you think nosedive i talked about nosedive earlier right nosedive is great. And you know, there's actually, that's actually based off some sort of real thing that's in China. I don't know if that's going on right now. The social credit system. Have you guys heard about that? That shit is crazy. Social credit system. Social credit system is a national credit rating and blacklist being developed. Okay. So it's being developed by the People's Republic of China. So in Nosedive, the concept is that everyone has a social score. It's based out of a five point scale. So five stars. So all the people that have 4.5 and above are people that are highly respected in life, blah, blah, blah. And then there's like the social outcasts that have like a 0.1 star, 0.8 stars. And then how do people get stars and lose stars? It's through their daily interactions. So everyone is trying to be nice every day. You know, when they get coffee, oh, thank you for your service. Rate you five stars so that you're hoping in turn you get rated five stars too. It's a crazy, it's a crazy concept. But that, I mean, it's happening in China. So the program initiated in 2009, regional trials, before launching a national pilot with eight credit scoring fir- firms in 2014. But is it still going on? I wonder. Uh, social credit system 2022. Let's see if that's a thing. 2022 marks, hold on, marks. A new phase in the development and implementation of China's social credit system, sometimes known as SOCS or SCS. This has been the deployment of the social credit, blah, 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 blah. The the implementation of the system for corporations, known as the corporate social credit rating, is especially advanced. More than 33 million businesses in China have already been given a score under some version. Wow. I mean, but is it how different is that? From like a better business bureau rating or, or like a trip advisor rating. But how do they determine that? I mean, I don't want to go into it, but isn't that, isn't it wild? Like imagine your social credit score is, at, let's say it's a five point scale and you have like a three. How do you get out of that? <laughs> how do you increase it? Damn, man. So what is the China social credit system? It's an internationally broad and vague term for allowing for maximal policy flexibility. It makes sense. The system began with the focus on financial credit worthiness. Well, in the States, there's, there's a credit score. And even, I, Broad Fitz even told me that there's a credit score system here. It's just not very 
utilize. Because in the States, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal there. Like if you, you can't, sometimes you can't rent a house. You can't buy a car. You can't, you can't mortgage a, a home. You can't get a home loan mortgage if your credit system sucks. So it, it must be even worse in China. Because credit, I mean, I get credit systems. Like, for example, in the, in the States, credit, credit, Anna, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, the credit system. I get it because they, you know, banks or, or tenants or, uh, sorry, not banks and like, uh, landlords and shit. They want to make sure they get paid on time. I could see the benefit of it, but it's also kind of fucked up. Like, what if you were dealt a bad hand in life? You just want an opportunity. You know? So yeah, go watch Nosedive. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, <laughs> and what was the other one? The, the Miley Cyrus one. Eh, it's okay. Like, I can't think of anything. I, I mean, you can see it nowadays with, with pop artists and how they are, their sound and whatever is being curated. Their social media is curated by a team behind the scenes. And maybe the artist isn't really happy with the direction, but they have to go with it because that's what the team says. Um, there's something you can, I feel like the every, almost every Black Mirror episode I've watched is relevant to today. One of my favorites that people don't really like, I actually looked up top Black Mirror episodes like ranking and it's like ranked near the bottom i really like striking vipers the one with anthony mackie it's he plays a video game where you go into somebody like a character's body and then he meets i think it's his friend his friend who's also a guy but the guy he go ends up in a girl's body in the in the game and then they you know they bang <laughs> so it makes you wonder like first of all he starts questioning his sexuality is he gay but he was banging a female character in the game. But then also makes you think, would you bang a, a, like this, this is virtual reality, right? The game that you're in. So if you go into a virtual reality game, you can be whoever you want. And then you, you see, you know, like you can, let's say there's a VR character of the girl of your dreams. Would you bang them? And it'll feel, feel everything, right? You'll feel everything. But behind the scenes, you know that behind that person, is someone who's not really your, you know, you don't, uh, what do you call it? Your sexual preference is not that. So it's a girl, you know, it's a guy behind the scene. Or if you're a girl and you're banging a guy in virtual reality, but you know behind the scenes that that guy's actually a girl. Where, where does, like, would you do it? Think about it. It makes you, it makes you think. And that's why I really liked it because I felt it was, because I'm a gamer maybe, maybe that's why I related to it. And it make, and I think it's relatable to everyone that's ever dreamt of being in a virtual reality and living, you know, being whoever you wanted. It's, it's a, it's a crazy thing. I mean, I, I know for sure the Dungeons and Dragons people who watch that episode would love that shit. The people that do cosplay, I, I feel like, I maybe I'm generalizing. But what, what do you think? Would you do it? Hmm? It, it, I remember I, I remember I talked about my friend Sean before. Sean told me about that episode one time. He's like, yeah, Jess, he calls me Jess. Jess, yeah, that shit made me think, man. He, I feel like I would do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's all on Netflix, uh, so go check it out. It's on Netflix. But yeah, that, that was pretty much my week. I haven't been doing much, just been working from home. I got a couple of VO gigs again. I really want to shout out to my boy Stan C., he he has a podcast called On Deck with Pod uh, with with Stan C. On Deck with Stan C. Um, he just I saw in his his post he did the voiceover dub for a Korean show on Netflix. Fuck man, that's so cool. And I told you before 
that I cannot do voice acting, like voice dubbing. It's so fucking hard. But man, that's so cool. And I want to do that one day. Just like, I want to do like, not even voice dubbing for a Korean show. Like just, I want to do like a cartoon character. I feel like I could be a cool cartoon character. Like the best friend sidekick that only has a few lines per episode. You know? Yeah, Johnny, let's beat him up. Right? I could do that. And fucking Johnny's best friend. Uh, Johnny's best friend, uh, Bob. Yeah, Johnny, go beat him up. Yeah, make him feel the pain, Johnny. Right? Don't you? Right? You can picture me. Right? Some freckly fat kid. <laughs> bully. <laughs> bullying the main character. So hook me up, Netflix. Okay? That's the podcast for today. Have a wonderful Friday. Um, yeah, greet Nikki a happy birthday as well. Mm, yeah, that's it. Uh, follow my social media if you don't have TikTok. Or if you have TikTok, rather, and you haven't followed me, why not? Huh? Come on, man. Uh, you can also hit listen to Hala Hala Show Season 3 Mix number 12 or something is out. Uh, it's a good listen. Help us out. We have some merch. Oh, I bought a, a shirt from 1C or a, a one a Dito So 1C shirt. It's being sold by Palpitation Nation or Palpitate Nation or whatever. Just go look on Dito So 1C on Instagram if you want to support. I think they're still taking pre-orders up until today. So you have a chance to save 100 pesos in case you want to support Rika's business and uh, her shop. Okay, that's it. Uh, enjoy your weekend and I'll catch you all say it with me later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 